0: Hello and welcome to 25 cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris and I'm Nick. Each episode we'll be making the rounds through our four corners, console, PC, Apple and tabletop with a focus on games that
1: are great to play if you've got kids. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.net. Work Oh, it's stop instead of fade it's gonna be a good day hi nick
0: yeah we're starting hey we're getting back in the swing of things we had a little hiatus yeah it's all good yeah and you had a, uh, you had a birthday
1: You're yeah you yeah are. it's
0: not not a not a big one yet that's that's uh i guess the next milestone is next year okay <laughs> but happy birthday to me
1: yes we'll get, uh, into, we'll old, get into the gifts. almost an old
0: um <laughs> actually i yeah the uh i I didn't do much for my birthday but my my son's birthday is also in October and we had some new games there so we'll talk about those in a little bit nice. uh, I think let's let's visit console corner first there's a couple interesting updates there uh so I was hoping that the play date <laughs> would be my birthday present to myself
1: yes yeah
0: but it it there's no update on the orders yet the pre-orders yet so
1: um was it they were supposed to have arrived now or shipping now or they they were they were
0: vague about it but i i kind of they were kind of saying fall um so i was thinking about now but you know it'll probably be before the end of the year Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's uh i'm definitely still excited about that especially um some of the development kit stuff that i've mentioned before that they don't have a lot of details on yet but i think there's some interesting
1: game making opportunities there yeah, I'm curious how the the reality like every person we've I've read as far as review units or whatever or teasers and things they're all very hyped about it, but they're also yes. friends of panic generally, which just makes sense. And so, yes. I'm curious how the reality of, of a little device like that actually plays out. But excited to see so. down yeah. soon. Um,
0: in other console news, uh, there's some expansion stuff going on in the in the Nintendo
1: world, uh. Yeah, they, the so they have like very confusingly in a, in a way that only Nintendo manages to do. They have their Nintendo Online is a, a subscription service you can have. That's at least Canada here is thirty five a year. I think for the family pan plan is what we pay. I think that's right. It sounds cheaper than I thought it was, but um, anyways. And then they now added a Nintendo Online Expansion Pack is the upgrade, so which includes everything in the regular Nintendo Switch Online stuff as well as some extra things most notably the upcoming Animal Crossing expansion pack is included in that, or you can buy it for free for 30, or not for free, buy it for <laughs> $33 Canadian. Uh, American pricing, probably slightly less than that.
0: Oh, interesting. So you, so if you have Animal Crossing and you add Nintendo Online expansion pack, you get the Animal Crossing expansion, or you can buy the Animal Crossing expansion at retail.
1: Yeah. And so that's where it's like, and in again, in Nintendo fashion, they also announced a free uh, Animal Crossing expansion pack that's coming out and then there's this new DLC that's coming as part of either buy or... So I can only imagine the confusion for a parent going and like, oh, my kid was talking about the Animal Crossing thing. And they look online, it's like, oh, it's free, great. I don't have to do anything. There's nothing there, but right. they, the free one is actually not the one they want or, or vice versa. Um, and so and then whether you buy it on its own or you get, have to upgrade that to upgrade your online membership or whatever. And that's, yeah, all happening on, on the same day, November 5th, this week here, um, so. Yeah, the and
0: the the online the the emulation stuff that's included is definitely interesting to me. You know, having played a, a fair bit of N sixty four, especially N sixty four multiplayer. Um, you know, kind of I guess that would have been about end of middle school into high school for me with with friends, as well as Sega Genesis, which was my wife's uh, f- console that she grew up with because her her older brother had one. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I think we have talked about that a little bit before, but at the same time, I haven't been playing the basic online
1: that much exactly so
0: is it really worth bumping up my subscription um
1: so they do have uh yeah but i
0: think twenty dollars a yes uh or thirty dollars extra uh us a year
1: yeah and like kenny uh says in the chat i'll keep playing my dusty n64 um Mm. yeah which definitely makes sense and like i think the for anybody who's looking at if you're an animal crossing player you're looking at the dlc uh, happy home paradise. It's called, I guess it would make sense. You might as well upgrade for one year to get that. And I th- presume you get to keep that, I guess that's the other part of it that I don't know how that works is if you keep that, or if the DLC is part of then just the, as long as you're a subscriber, I would guess what us, I would assume that's actually probably what it is. Um, so it goes away when you stop paying for it, um, is how I would read that. But Well, I, I, don't, I don't know.
0: Cause know. it like, like Tetris 99, right? Like you get access to it partially through the Nintendo online subscription, but then there's additional game modes that you pay with Nintendo coin separately from your online. So it's, it's just, I, they've combined, they've mashed together like four different business models and it's really not clear yeah. what you're getting. And I, and, and, uh, I think you noted um, that the, the trailer for the Nintendo online expansion pack is now Nintendo's most <laughs> disliked video on YouTube. Over a hundred. So no one dislikes. is happy with the with the announcement.
1: No. I yeah, and I'm assuming it's not because of the content of the. If I could get this rid of this stupid ad, um, brother, I hate the internet. Um, the, I'm assuming it's not because of the content of the the stuff like the N64 or Sega Genesis or the DLC. Like I, I think everybody's happy with those things. It's just the way that they're pricing it, and yeah, yeah. it's just not a, not. I, fine I would imagine case. some of the
0: cost. Cause I, they don't just have first party games. So some of the cost has to be paying some of the license holders, right? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they have to be paying Sega some, 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 some chunk of your subscription every, every month to, to cover having the games available.
1: Yeah. And like, you hope that it's, it's a good deal. And obviously everybody involved is getting paid appropriately, but it also feels a bit like for Nintendo, they're in a bit of a power position there where it's like, Hey, Sega, Nobody's buying your games or playing them anymore, really, in any meaningful way, other than maybe Kenny and other folks who have old consoles they're still using or emulators that they're you know stealing online. How about <laughs> we make it available on the expansion pack here, and we could probably you know almost eat the cost for the amount of money that it would cost them, plus their own right. licensing. I mean, I want yeah creators to get paid for sure as part of this, but it's it feels a little like you're making you're, they're still selling the hardware at the same price that it that was at launch. And it feels like they could have just thrown this into the Switch Online bundle and actually gotten a whole bunch more people interested in paying for Switch Online, who I assume probably aren't paying. But maybe lots of people, I don't know, do you you guys pay? Kenny, if you're still watching, do you have a Switch? Do you pay for the, anybody out there, if you're watching or listening later, do, are you still paying for the Switch Online at all? Or do you, have you dropped that because you're not paying, playing anything multiplayer? So... Can you say that it's the worst way to tell us they're not making an n sixty four classic <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i think I think they're uh, for various reasons well invested in in emulation um and we we might touch on uh hardware more a little later in the in the apple corner yeah. um uh, speaking of Sega, you know obviously they they develop games for various platforms and they have this deal for for online emulation, and you know they've got the sonic movie franchise <laughs> coming back right um but they just announced a strategic partnership with Microsoft for uh, cloud-based video game development stuff. It's still <laughs> all very vague and businessy, but yeah. um, kind of an interesting, you know, because obviously Microsoft has strength in games with with Xbox, right? I mean, they 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 have a lot of uh, cachet there, and most games are developed for for windows PC uh, or many games are developed for windows PC. Right. Um, but then it's now all like Sega brand coming in, but powered by Azure. And, you know, so there's some interesting stuff there. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that
1: pans out. Yeah. It's funny to see, think of Sega still thinking back to the Sega Genesis and that platform, the hardware kind of like that was Mm -hmm. their last, they had a, one more the dream not Dreamcast the dream the, the Dreamcast, Dreamcast did not
0: do well in the market but I think for people who had one they loved it yeah and it had some really interesting ideas
1: yeah um, but definitely it's been a long time since Sega's been a name in video games as far as the general public would be aware of anyways but yeah it, I wouldn't have guessed that they'd still be around at this point I guess so it's cool to see um, um, and speaking of Microsoft Xbox if you're uh, If you're a Discord Nitro user, I think this is how I get this. I just got a notification. There's two free months of Xbox Game Pass, their promo, uh, which I did last year and somehow seemed to like last for six months for us. So our kids kind of became used to the idea that they had (laughs) Game Pass library (laughs) for free on, on the Xbox. And so we just talked about it today with my kids that it, this is available again for two months. So we were like stri- strategically figuring out when the best time was right. to activate it. Cause I think you can activate it which at any games. point. Yeah. So, and related to that NHL 22 for any sports fans is now out. My son quickly grabbed it from the library. And so we were like, okay, when the, it has to go back to the library, then we'll activate the game pass promo. Cause it'll probably be on game pass as well as part of EA sports something. or Got it. So,
0: so, so when you do, like the borrowed disc game, the, the save transfers locally on your console?
1: Yeah, it's kinda of handy that way. And it's the even the game is like obviously it's just a disk and it's installed and then you try, you start using the Game Pass version. It seems to all just work, which is nice. Um you don't have to sort of well, much like what we've experienced with uh original game on Apple iOS devices and then it gets added to arcade, but it's technically a different version now because it's the Whatever Tiny Wings Plus or whatever version, mm-hmm. your your stuff doesn't necessarily carry over. But um, yeah, so there'll be some hockey being played this winter in our household, nice. as you might guess from the Canadian cliche. Uh, yes, over to- I, I've
0: noticed. Um, we were when we were when we were trick or treating on on Sunday. Most of the houses on the street we went on were watching the Seattle Kraken game. Oh yeah, right. So so hockey is now. A thing people care about uh here specifically um
1: yeah it, it, it's funny how like an expansion team like that especially these days i guess they don't often add new teams but like it's definitely captures like that's part of the reason even for my son's interest because we played nhl 21 i don't think we own it but it was part of game pass kind of you know you play it for so long and then you kind of forget about it but even just the fact that seattle kraken are in nhl 22 is enough reason for my son to even want to like he requested on his Christmas list. Cause it's,
0: it's new team, new, yeah. new arena, new, new rosters.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a DLC <laughs> or whatever new content that right. NHL gets all across New Jersey's. They sell obviously all that kind of stuff, but even in the video game world, it adds new excitement there as well. So, uh, right. Heading over to PC corner. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so, uh,
0: there's been a lot of buzz online, uh, that I've seen on Twitter the last week or so. Um, about uh nfts and video games and the intersection of them so um, you know non-fungible tokens are a blockchain technology they're often associated with cryptocurrency there's been a lot of buzz uh, this year involving them mostly in the art world because the there's a lot of back and forth on you know verifying ownership of digital art and what that all means um a lot of them have been more in the Scam slash pyramid scheme, get rich quick territory, um, and it seems like some of that is coming over into the game world in a couple different ways. Um, so a, a few a few news bullets I, I saw: um, someone had created or was prototyping an NFT game using like Mario assets, <laughs> and uh, understandably, the Nintendo lawyers came knocking. And, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, what the developers of this were thinking. Um, <laughs> so, so that's one area where, where you kind of, you know, people are creating NFTs out of, to, to claim ownership over digital stuff that they don't actually have the rights to, <laughs> which is kind of a, a whole, yeah. uh, funny thing. Um, uh, Steam, uh, a few weeks ago announced that they're banning, uh, NFT and blockchain based games from the Steam store. I suspect that's a little bit more of a protecting their business, uh, factor, right? Because it, it creates a, a an economy that's outside of the game, mm-hmm. um, or, and outside of their platform. Uh, but of course, you know, as with, with most, uh, blockchain technologies, there's a pretty substantial, um, environmental factor right now in the way all of the, uh, math is done, uh, behind the scenes for a lot of these, um. And, and to facilitate the the exchange of of the the tokens or or cryptocurrency, um, <laughs> I also saw there's a there's a funny tweet uh, from you know crypto the necro dancer, which I think we've mentioned on the show. I, I played it a bit last year, um, and it's been out for a while, um, <laughs> emphasizing that they are not anything to do with crypto. <laughs> they, they, they are the other uh, the, the other crypt word. Uh, So that was pretty funny, Um, but then there was a big viral thread that was going around around kind of how uh, from a from a game designer about how using NFTs in games uh, is is bad. I think this was prompted by Ubisoft doing an announcement around how they were investing in NFTs and blockchain technology for their future games. Um, And there's a lot of good thoughts in here from a game design perspective, but I think one of the core ideas is there's not really anything that the technology brings to the game that's good uh, or adds value other than for the people who are speculating in the value of the of the tokens themselves right because the the game is already a controlled environment and mm-hmm. there's basically nothing you can all, all of the proposals around what what they allow you to do in a game you can do by the game developer maintaining a database of what's allowed in the game right like it doesn't need this whole distributed yeah anonymized wallet blockchain technology to do that because the game has everything and and I mean, you you saw that there were there were whole real world economies built on top of every major MMO. like I think when I was actively playing you know World of Warcraft, I used one of the estimators and the my main rating character was allegedly worth like fifteen hundred dollars because of all the gear I had accumulated in game. So if I had wanted to turn my account over to someone else, in theory, I could have found a third party market and you know done some exchange, and you know they they could have taken over my my high, high then high level character, right? Um, yeah, yeah course, really the
1: like th- only... that
0: has no real value, but
1: yeah. <laughs> The only like interesting thing or thing that game developers could build in is like some sort of way to easily sell or transfer your account ownership, right? Because I, w- I would presume that mm. in World of Warcraft and related like Diablo 2, et cetera, that they don't make that super easy and it's an uh, awkward exchange and, and there isn't – you have to sort of hand over an email account or whatever. And
0: Yeah, mo- most of it is not official uh, yeah. channels. Yeah, a lot a lot of the – although I think wasn't – do you think the Diablo 3 auction house briefly experimented with real world – money. And there was a huge uproar over that several years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. In general, I mean, the game developer, they maintain a list of every object that exists in the game world. And so, um, getting into, there's a long, uh, uh, Bloomberg article on the topic that was very positive on the role of NFTs in games. And they're talking about like, Hey, you know, what if you bought you know, so you're the only person in the world who can play Mario right now because you bought the, the the Mario NFT, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, there's nothing that the game developer couldn't build into the game mechanics to say, "Hey, you know, you you player X have given us enough money to um, to have the the rights to play to be the only person in the world playing this character right now." Um, so yeah, it it seems like a. a, a Money chasing a problem that doesn't exist, kind of thing. And that that Bloomberg article also dives into some investor guy who's like running what in in wow parlance used to be called a gold farm. But he was basically running a, a gold farm in the Philippines where he's paying at for access to the game and then giving access to several people who work for him to play the game continuously to generate in, in-game NFTs that then he can then sell and they get a cut like. It's such a weird, yeah, weird experimental market right now. I, I think it's going to shake out and mostly be nothing, but uh,
1: it's all just kind of weird. and. Well, the one know. that's like, um, what is it called here? I'm just trying to, Axie Infinity. I've heard a lot about the game, which is basically yeah. built on block crypto blockchain whatever i don't know the, the words i'm using are right but
0: they they can be used somewhat interchangeably but yeah i mean blockchains the abstract technology cryptocurrency is one you know yeah implementation on top of the blockchain that can be exchanged for real money and then nfts are another thing on top of blockchain that also often can be exchanged for crypto currency or other real money it's yeah
1: it's weird yeah, and the game. I know I've from other from clients of mine, like who are in in this space. It's like this game is like changing people's worlds or their lives, and not just because of investment from like people investing in the game company, but like the players of the game are making right. huge bank on this, doing this game and playing this game. And I like I get the idea. I don't have a problem with somebody making money playing a game, like if you're playing Fortnite. But this feels more like somehow just even less real more fake i don't know all kind of cloud or a uh, pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah i mean it's
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 first mover right so like right now everyone who gets in early is making bank because there's still new people coming in so the value is going up but um you know it it is very likely whether it's this particular game or other games in general that the the bubble will burst and a set of people will be left holding the bag um and, yeah. and i think i mean there's even like a, a a cryptocurrency scam i saw that happened the other week where you know squid game super popular netflix show someone who had nothing to do with the movie created squid tokens <laughs> you know so issued a cryptocurrency because it's fairly easy to do on top of some of these networks uh on the on the blockchain and sold a bunch of them and then the people who bought them discovered there was literally no marketplace where they could be sold And they had like handed over, you know, real money or other cryptocurrencies to the creator of this thing. And now they're just left holding some numbers in a computer that have no value anymore, right? It it, it was literally just a scam. They had no rights to it, right? So I think that's my concern is, will that drive either game players or game developers to change the way games work to enable this stuff? And so some people will be like getting rich quick and having this great time and, and, you know, being able to uh, like pay for school or something because they got into Axie Infinity at the right time, and but uh, but that's going to require, as with most pyramid scheme adjacent things, a bunch of people to get yeah. screwed, <laughs> and it's like it's worse than the it's worse than the all the IAP style games, right? Because yeah,
1: well I, yeah. yeah, there's a I'm just going to read this quote from this Bloomberg article, because it's from the co-founder of, of Axie Infinity. It said players can actually own the game items and they can see that they are scarce, like in NFT form. And it's much more real than when you see someone wearing a Louis Vuitton bag on the street. You have literally no idea if this thing is real or not, which is so ass backwards, because like you <laughs> could literally go over to that Louis Vuitton bag, pick it up and see, or even just take it to Louis Vuitton store and say, is this one of your bags? And then you'd know if that yeah. thing is real. And so he says, just that doubt that you have is so fitting for the world today because everything is so fake. The thing that blockchain brings is trust, that then extends to digital assets. Which, yeah, yeah. it's just like right click and save is the is <laughs> I don't know. There's just so much going on there that's it's yeah. I, know it's I mean, a I answer. I um yeah.
0: I, my with my technology hat on, I uh I I think <laughs> the vast majority of current I, I probably. I don't ninety percent. If I had to guess, of blockchain applications could just be a database or a distributed database. Like you just don't need all of that other stuff in there, um, yeah. which is getting at the at the true stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to rant about about all that, but it, it's similar to in in the machine learning space, right? Like it's a big buzzword. Vast majority of current applications of machine learning could just be done with like statistical methods, linear gre- regression, or something. But if you if you slap Machine learning on it. It's really easy to apply these frameworks. You know, you get to sell a thing. You um, yeah, uh, you get funding from investors. So I think I think we're we're just in that bubble phase, and um, I, I I don't think it's going to go anywhere long term. Um, and if anything, because of the financial and regulatory implications of some of this stuff, uh, I think maybe that some of the companies that go long in it are going to find themselves burned. But I
1: I could be wrong. Yeah, the, I think the early. F- movers like you said will get get in and get out although yep. a lot of those folks like the yeah tech tech no karate whatever I leaders mean, thought leaders are like yeah they're true believers
0: this. right yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so I don't know. I love, okay, moving on a little bit, because we're going to, we could probably rant on this for a while, but I love this quote that you yeah. found from John Scalzi of, for nearly two decades now, the video game industry has vastly overestimated how much I want to play their games online with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure every like post, what I don't know what age demographic, but 30 plus year old person is like, back in my day, we could play the game. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have to have friends. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to,
0: I'm trying to remember the first the first game I played that was truly online, but it it would have been, you know, over dial-up. Um I might have been using there was a third-party Mac app called Game Ranger that would um it would emulate a local network over dial-up. So a bunch of games that could find LAN uh partners to play with would be able to like you'd you'd be running game Game Ranger as a proxy. And right. so then you could see your game ranger friends over dial up. Um, that was so. That's how I, I. I think I played like Masters of Orion two that way with oh, with yeah. random people on it. Anyway, um, yeah, Skalzi's a, a an author I like, and you know he's a he's an old school early blogger, um, and and his wit has translated well to to Twitter. But yeah, I think I think I mostly align sometimes. Even like I said, as a as a former you know big MMO player, these days I mostly just want to. Get online or when it's game time, I don't want to have to, like, you know, match someone or, you know, the bad feeling of getting schooled by some teenager in Fortnite or or whatever. I just want to play a quick little. Relaxing game
1: like you know mini motorways or something. I actually think now that you say that, my brain actually thinks when I play Fortnite, I'm I my brain thinks I'm just playing a game against bots. And for all I know, half oh. of them could be because they've done that too in Fortnite and other games. Right. But I just think of them as bots. And it's like oh, that bot is programmed to be better, and so that's why I lost. I think that's actually subconsciously what goes on for me when I'm playing that because I'm not really worried about the actual other people, other than like playing with my kids, let's say or whatever on our devices and things like that. That then it's like, obviously we're playing together, but I don't really consciously play against someone else. It's that's actually probably what I like about NHL is like, it's just, it's just me against the computer and I can set the difficulty level to be where I want it. And then it's a fun game versus i challenging yeah. versus like way too well, easy, that, or way too hard.
0: That is an interesting distinction, right? Between playing with friends, people, you know, and, and playing like randomly, uh, against strangers. Um, and, uh, what what that difference is Uh, because because certainly you know we going back to like kind of the n64 discussion that was multiplayer but it was all about four people in the same room with Mm -hmm. tiny little squares on the same tv right um or you can cheat and look at your friend's screen (laughs) yeah yeah that was that was my that was my golden eye play because i was i was really good at memorizing the maps so i could like (laughs) glance and see where someone was and like go chase them from the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on to Apple Corner. You, you Apple played Corners, a whole so. bunch of
1: arcade games, looks like. Well, yeah, I
0: tried, tried a bunch. I'll, I'll just rattle through them real quick. Um, so uh, Crossy Road Plus came out. Um, you know, so again, Plus Games, it's a reissue of, of old Crossy Road. Um the, the whole family at one point a few Saturdays ago was just we were sitting in bed in our PJs all playing Crossy Road and and like kind of sharing how far we'd gotten. Um, the the core mechanic is still the same. Uh, a lot of the characters are the same. A lot of the design is the same. But they've added this sort of overworld view where you can see all of the characters you've unlocked and collected. Oh, look didn't need an NFT to uh get uh you know the Frankenstein uh guy uh or or to and play it in the game. Um so you can see everything you've collected there. So that's kind of a new mechanic. Um but yeah, it's it's fun, it's like the classic. Uh Tiny Wings Plus. Uh so Tiny Wings was an early iOS game. I had it, boy, it's gotta be close to 10 years ago now. Um and what was interesting about this one is while my save did not come over and and they add there's like a new kind of mechanic world where you're doing this four bird chase thing um all of my achievements did so <laughs> it's like through game center it still knew that i had gotten to like the eighth island at some point in the past or the seventh island um so so that one was fun i was finding i was not as good at it as i used to be <laughs> so i don't know if i'm rusty or just like my timing got off but i, I remember having been pretty good at it and uh not, not so much
1: now. I wonder if the um, like increased, um, responsiveness, I guess, of modern devices, like, whereas in the past, like you'd press and it would actually for, be more forgiving of your, your touchability oh, yeah. or something, you know, like, whereas now it's much more precise and. So, yeah. Got higher frame rate, higher, yeah. <laughs> higher
0: touch, uh, sampling frequency. Yeah. You As might always, be right.
1: It, it, blame the controller.
0: Trickier. Always blame the yes. controller. That's yeah. The key. <laughs> Mar- Mario made me fall. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh mini motorways had a little update um they added their um hometown of wellington uh new zealand which i haven't unlocked yet uh cuz i hadn't been playing for a while but they also i noticed mechanically added roundabouts um so that's an interesting uh, kind of intersection you can you can do now where you can add i think eight angled directions into a single rotary and um it kind of keeps traffic flowing. I think I like it better than the way stoplights work. But as the developers have said, you know, the, the game you're supposed to lose. Eventually the the yeah. whole point is that the traffic eventually becomes to a snarl as, as the, as every car tries to get individually uh, to every place.
1: Yeah. That's I like um, for anyone, like a mini motorways is still one of my favorite chill yes. play a game on my phone for half, even like a before bed game. It's like mm-hmm. such a nice chill game that um, it's, I'm I'm sure I would probably do better if I just read a book before I go to sleep so anybody's listening can (laughs) <laughs> do don't, don't I mean me. this, this isn't a this isn't a book podcast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but but for being a screen game whatever thing right it's it is a nice chill like just there's enough like in brain interactions that you can kind of drop off the the things that of the day drop off your brain <laughs> and you can kind of focus on that but it's not so stressful that you're like now we're just replacing yeah. old other stress with uh, video virtual stress or nft stress for that matter <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I think what I, what I like about, uh mini motorways, right. It's got a little bit of the kind of, oh, Sim City uh, city skylines vibe you're planning, but there's no, none of the complicated budgeting simulations of, and, uh, nothing's permanent, right. You can always just pause, like take back any roads you want, rebuild everything and resume. And, you know, it's like, it's like your, your previous layout never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. so, so it, it feels more, much more forgiving,
1: uh, in that regard. Yeah. Um, while we were gone to the um, new Apple announcements, I think it yes, had, we didn't talk about it much at all, but just in brief, like new. So the M1 chip that Apple Apple Silicon M1 Pro M1 Max are out in the MacBook Pros. It feels like a confusing time to pick which laptop you'd want to buy as as an Apple fan. If I was, I'm not in need right now. Mine has been requiring a daily reboot to just function, and it's making me want to be able to buy one, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but, anyways, the for gaming it feels like a really good time to be on the Mac, uh, at least, especially Apple Arcade right?
0: adjacent. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the main um, the main limitations right now are uh, of game availability, right? Um, the the hardware is quite a jump, and. Um, Uh, over on the podcast upgrade, they did an interview with two Apple, uh, chip execs about, about m one. And they had some interesting stuff to say, um, in particular to your question of like, oh, which one do I get? Right. And, and they were kind of saying that, yeah, unlike, you know, well, there's an iPad or an iPhone. I, I mean, there's, there's multiple models, but there's a lot more, uh, configurability in the MacBook pros, um, is that, yeah, they're kind of thinking about the different, um, the different roles of who's using them. Like, are you writing code and compiling it on the road? Okay, well, then this one's probably more for you. Are you doing podcast editing or other audio work? Well, then this one's more for you. Are you doing video game asset design? Uh, well, then you need this one with more um, more RAM. And yeah, the the um, uh, there's a link in the show notes about the GPU performance you know, being close to some discrete gaming laptops. Um, and and that's even with in most cases the games running through Rosetta two right because they're they Intel uh, yeah, games they haven't been ported insane. to Apple Silicon yet and so it really gives you a sense of just how uh, far ahead of the curve um, the Apple Silicon team is on some of these things uh, especially compared to Intel and, and maybe also compared to um, NVIDIA um, uh,
1: and um, and nope. and and uh, AMD yeah and the one main issue like as far as going back to like um gaming specifically on the mac platform is that these things do not as far as i've heard or read uh do not allow you to run boot camp anymore so windows correct so which is the only way i've been able to game on my on a computer basically is having my intel macbook pro i can boot camp or reboot into windows basically and then game it works really good as a gaming platform that way um but that's not an option anymore so it it I I guess I'm curious to see how this all flushes out. Because for me, if I was to like tomorrow buy a new MacBook Pro with the the M1 chip, I'm basically also losing, if I sold my current MacBook Pro, my Windows gaming platform. So I'm kind of like in a very first world sense, having to buy two new computers instead of just one. And obviously I can just keep my old one, I guess, and run it as a gaming laptop or whatever. But that's beside the point in this theoretical conversation. (laughs)
0: Well, and you know, I I, I had uh, you know boot camp on my old iMac, and I would boot and and play a few PC only games that were in my Steam library. There, I I played like Star Trek Online that way for a while, or No Man's Sky that way for a while. Um, My this new iMac that I that I'm on is is an Apple M1 uh, chip. You know, I don't have a boot camp partition. I can't set one up. I think you can run Windows 10 in Parallels now, but it wouldn't really be performant for gaming because it's virtualization and everything. Um, I suppose there, is, I mean, there is an arm version of Windows 10, but it's not supported on Apple Silicon yet. So maybe that would help. But then again, the games probably wouldn't run right on it because they're mostly going to be built for, for, um, for an Intel mm-hmm. like gaming rig. So I've, I've kind of already given up on my, my old steam library, um, in that regard. And, and, uh, and I had other games that were like, you know, already not supported because, um, what was it Catalina got rid of 64-bit or sorry 32-bit libraries? Right, yeah. so like certain older older game binaries wouldn't run anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a transitional period. I think for me, instead of I, I keep saying oh like, oh maybe I want a gaming PC, but like <laughs> I don't know I don't I don't need VR I don't need I don't need Zuckerberg's metaverse or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so so I I think maybe my my future is like hoping that. And I know, um, was it XCloud does this? I think is uh, or GeForce. Yeah, both one of, those. of them. Yeah. Where 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 you can just run your Steam library on a on a cloud PC um, with with low latency. So maybe that's the direction I I need to go.
1: Yeah, that's Xbox Gaming has definitely tried that. And I just have, it's been a while since I played with that. I, maybe when we renew our two month free thing, we'll mm-hmm. we'll try that out again just to see where it's at. But definitely in browser with the controller still, etc. It feels hacky and weird, but it seems to work. I mean, that's like we're having yeah. this video chat over a browser, basically, and that still feels broken in my brain, but um, it works, apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I fully grokked the web as application platform. Um, yeah. And uh, I know, at least in the case of some of the the streaming, the game streaming platforms, they're using a progressive web application technology. And that's partially because on at least iOS, you know, Apple doesn't want you to do an end run around the app store. Right. So yeah. like you either just have someone loaded up in, in Safari, mobile Safari, or you have to do this weird thing where you create like an app for Remember. every game in the library, yeah. um, <laughs> which is like a whole weird workaround. Um, all right. Yeah it's it's an impressive technological leap for sure and and it's not clear yet how it shakes out for for gaming on the mac
1: yeah uh, it, it's just not gonna end well just assume that gaming on the mac is not going to end with a fun yes and you'll be pleasantly surprised for the brief periods of time where it does work as my experience yes <laughs> <laughs> uh townscaper is a game i thought it was it's not apple arcade it's just a standalone game right and it's designed just yes. Oh no, it's iphone ipad um but, uh, that looks like it would scratch the similar kind of, uh, me motor. Research. Yeah.
0: So this one is, is, uh, it's harder to call it a game, right? It's more like a toy box. And I had seen this one on, I think, steam early access a year or two ago, which is where it came out first, but it, it's now out for, for iOS for, I think, five bucks us. And, um, it's like, you're, you're, you're just kind of casually throwing together this little, um, uh
1: sorry i distracted you with
0: (laughs) oh yeah you're just throwing together this little like like venetian town kind of vibe like building this little terracotta houses over the water and and as you as you kind of tap and and it'll like kind of auto extend and build like funky stilts and bridges and you know, you can join things together and yeah, it's just this like chill, creative thing. And, and, and the engine lets you create these beautiful little towns. I I've not, uh, uh, put this on the family iPad yet, but I know when my son is less busy, uh, with school and such, he will get a kick out of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of what I was Googling. There is there's a game called Dorf romantic. I think we've talked about it maybe before. I forget if we have, so forgive me. But uh, if I could ever get past the ads. It's like the yeah, blend of Carcassonne and Islanders uh, game. So there, it's kind of like you get tiles and you have to build the city. And it sounds similar mm-hmm. to Townscaper. Um, I think there's a bit more of like a scoring to it and stuff That it, in, in terms of like a game platform. Right. Um, and it's, but it's Windows only, Steam based, and I'm getting surrounded by ads so I'm just gonna stop now but um, similar kind of vibe that I've been I have it on my steam wish list and it was on sale for a couple dollars off and I was tempted and didn't buy it because then I just thought about having to boot camp switch and, <laughs> and did not yeah. so, the, the activation energy uh, yeah. wasn't there <clears throat> it's definitely a, a vibe I think for a lot of a lot of gamers especially like chill gaming after <laughs> pandemic life or in pandemic life wherever we are here um, is kind of a nice break for sure for for that kind of stuff so um, and you're, you're free from your good Sudoku. Yeah. So, so, so good, good Sudoku or... plus
0: we've, we've, we've mentioned, but I was, I was like, I'd gotten a daily puzzle streak going. And, and so then it kind of felt like, oh, like I got to keep going, right? Like I got to do the three daily puzzles every day and, and they do it like the NYT crossword or, or whatever, where it's really easy on Mondays and really, really hard on Sundays. And, um, yeah, I was, I was realizing like end of the week I was spending, you know, easily 20 minutes trying to just solve some really hard Sudokus just to keep my streak going. And then I accidentally missed a day and I was like, Oh, <laughs> whatever it is about my brain and maintaining like streaks, I don't have to anymore. <laughs> I'm free. I can go play something else. I can yeah. pick up mini motorways. Um, so that, that's a, that's a me problem mostly, but, um, you know, a lot of games, especially on arcade where we kind of think the business model is based on time in game. Um, they they have a lot of mechanics to try and pull you back in every day.
1: Yeah. It makes you yeah, it makes me wonder over time here whether we're gonna see more like we are seeing more of that kind of stuff, like sort of little mini gamification stuff pull you back in that isn't as bad as like in app purchase kind of stuff, but it still is, yeah, like you said, a little triggering some sort of addiction pheromone, thermone, hormone, whatever. <laughs> The thing is,
0: yeah, yeah. So uh, some yeah. some of those kind of uh, pathways uh, in the brain. I I don't know how they how they work, but yeah. Um, yeah, and and I think related to that. So iOS 15.1 came out with support for the one new Game Center feature, which are in-app events. Um, and so you know, this is where if you're in the App Store, and I guess I don't I don't know who like kind of browses the App Store in this way. I mean. I check in on the arcade tab, but I'm not really, I I go there when I have a specific app in mind. But if you're in the app store, there's now some places where either between games you have or games you might want, the developers can push, you know, kind of content uh, updates, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, kind of like a Fortnite season announcement or or similar. And um, I guess the idea is, yeah, you... It's another place where you can say, "Hey, you know, come, come try this special thing that's you know today only or this week only." Um, get get in. It's that early mover advantage, I guess. Maybe,
1: yeah, um, yeah, it makes sense. Like in the arcade style, that it would come to that. It's the it. There's a lot of use for it, obviously, in the real world. Whatever, virtual mm-hmm. streaming, you know, events that are happening now, and if you miss them, I could see like they use the example of a TikTok live stream or Disney new movie on Disney Plus or whatever, and so. It makes sense that it would come to Apple Arcade. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I basically load up the arcade tab when there's a new game I've remembered is available or I'm updating mm-hmm. my apps because I'm an old-fashioned person and do it manually myself instead of <laughs> letting it do it for me. So I like to see the little number go down, speaking of weird mm-hmm. brain pathways <laughs> as, they, <laughs> as they get updated. <laughs> I'm not quite in the sick level. I know some po- folks like to post screenshots of like how many apps they need to get updated and see who can last the longest kind of thing. that's... That's not my game there. I just like to see whatever new features are.: That's added to- a, different,
0: a different kind of streak. Yeah. Uh, that's the intersection of our, of our two brains right exactly. there. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: and then I think the only other
0: arcade thing I, I saw was um, uh, Creola Create and Play Plus. So again, it's a plus game. Um, this one is very much for little kids, so it's rated four plus, but I, I would say it's more for the kind of preschool uh, age. So, you know, three to four range, there's coloring, there's different little mini games. Um, I even checked with my son. It's like, Oh, you, sh- you sure you want this? This is definitely for, for littler kids. He's like, yeah, it'll be fun. So he tried it out. Um, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any stickiness there cause it, it's not, it's, it's the kind of game that would have been good when we first gave him access to the iPad a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, but th- you know, it's, it's good that there's a range of options within the ar- arcade, uh, banner there for, especially for, for younger kids. Um, and, you know, as we've seen with the whole plus series of games, it's an easy way for Apple to kind of build out the arcade library. You know, they, they make a deal with the developer and say, Hey, bring your game over to arcade. Um, and, and Apple gets the benefit of, of saying how big of a bundle, uh, arcade is.
1: Yeah, and including brands, name brands like Crayola or whatever too. And I could totally yeah. see the benefit of having this for, you know, parents on road trips or whatever, where you're just like, hand the kid the iPad, yeah, you can't do other th- other stuff with it.
0: <laughs> and and again, you know, the arcade advantage, right? I, I don't know what the business model of the original Crayola app was because I, I haven't looked at the old one, but I, I've seen coloring apps for little kids where it's like, Oh, you want to draw that character? Yeah. You better better get your parents to pay a dollar right like or yeah. or sign up for twenty dollars a month of unlimited coloring book right like that there's a lot of that in in the space for for little kid apps and that gets uh dangerously expensive fast,
1: yeah, especially when it's accidental purchases so uh yeah all right um briefly in tabletop corner you've got uh you had some birthday gifts is this your birthday gifts uh no this is
0: my my son got oh, two right. games uh for for his birthday. Um, so, uh, one was Tsuro Phoenix Rising. Um, so we had definitely played the original Tsuro at one point and it's got a similar mechanic, um, except instead of the only way to win being, being the last one to die, there's this additional mechanic where you can collect stars. And so if you're the first to seven stars, as you zip around the board, um, in with your Phoenix, uh, you, you can win that way. Um. And yeah, it's this, it's this cool, like kind of path building game. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're playing more aggressively, you can place your tiles to create paths that send your opponents off the board. Um, Mm. or you can just kind of play more, uh, nicely and, and just kind of plan out your own, your own, uh, swooping around. Uh, it's, it's a fun one. Um, it's a pretty quick play too, which is nice. Uh, and it, and it scales from two to eight players, um, and then i think the one that uh, he was enjoying even more was this it's a game but it's also a toy and it's called suspend and it's it's kind of like um, i don't know some, somewhere between like pickup sticks and tinker toys and so you're you know there's different games you can play with it but you you're placing these you're balancing these long hanger like metal sticks on the structure and you know it someone could place things so it's almost about to fall and now you have to place one so there's kind of that jenga like element of like oh i don't know if i can do it um and then of course it makes a big noise when it all falls down which is uh fun and you can do other uh kind of puzzle sculpture things with it um so yeah that's a that's been a, a hit uh in in our house i would say you know i think it i think it said eight up I, I would say it even goes a little younger than that but it's a good it's a good um family yeah. game or or you can just play with it as a toy
1: happy to report that all the game screenshots or photos submitted do not have any toilet paper in them <laughs> that's right
0: <So>, And <laughs> <The> board, <laughs> board game geek is cracking down on yeah. the uh, tp the lobby thanks
1: to machine le- learning and identifying toilet paper in photos submitted on- that reminds me. Yeah. Tesoro reminds me that there's a uh, really fun. Speaking of relaxing games, uh, Tesoro, the game of the path, um, iOS game. It's not included in arcade, but it's. Um, I think I bought it at some point. Oh, um, I think I have that one actually. Yeah, yeah, and there actually is a multiplayer. Um, it looks like it's forty percent off right now. As I'm, unless it's an old comment, but, um, and you can actually play it multiplayer with someone. Like my wife and I played it back and forth. Like you just turn based, and so you you can share it uh the game that way and play it and it's yeah it's also an equally nice kind of chill game i'm assuming it's a predecessor to the phoenix rising and, and other games that you played or you were playing um so and and it has a really satisfying sound of like the stone drawing the path on the on the board as you put a new piece down i remember um so anyways that's another one i'll put that in the show notes too is uh a an option yeah. for I, so.
0: I would say uh Tsuro is definitely one of those games, you know, it's, it's got some nice pieces, but they're, they're all plastic and the tiles are cardboard, like standard board game. It's definitely one of those games that if there were like a super deluxe di- edition made of like stone and wood inlays, right? Like it would, mm-hmm. it would be one of those games that would feel really nice as like the luxury <laughs> edition. Yeah. Cause yeah, you're like sliding
1: things around. Right. Well, and I was, I, after playing the arcade or not arcade, sorry, the iOS version, I was actually really tempted to pick up cause it is an actual board game you can buy. I've been tempted a few times to grab it just because it was such a satisfying to use an overused word. My kids keep using (laughs) game (laughs) to play on, on, uh, on the iOS devices, but, uh, I haven't ever yet. So anyways, I'm going to pull that one out. I just redownloaded it to play it again sometime soon. Yeah.
0: Well, we should, we should try a game, uh, sometime. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I like, I like, and, and again, cause it's, it's one of those games that goes like two to eight players. It's really good for, um, you know, kind of families of any size, or, or if you have varying ability, availability or interest in playing games, right? Like if, if not the whole family wants to play, you know, two or three people can still play and it's still a fun game.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, I think that's enough for this episode. We, uh, thanks for Continuing to listen, if you are out there listening to us, I'm assuming you are because you're hearing this. Meta comments as I make, uh, and we will be back every two weeks with new episodes of uh, Twenty Five Cents. You can find us on Twitter at Twenty Five C Arcade if you have comments or thoughts on things we've said or didn't say. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Twenty Five Cents, our video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iCris.
0: and you can find me on Twitter and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N U R D.
1: And you can find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our Good Stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash goodstuff to join the network here. See ya. Later, Chris.